Hi, this is Sean Blackshear, life insurance broker for First Family Life Allegiance. Did you know that life insurance not only will cover you if you pass away, but it's also used to build a legacy for your family. It can also help you generate income. It can protect your mortgage and it can cover you with any kind of medical affliction. Please contact me at 314-374-3412. Or please drop me a message on on Facebook and like the page at First Family Life Allegiance or go to my website, firstfamilylifeallegiance.com and schedule an appointment and I'll call you at a time that works for you. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Before After Podcast. And really, I say this almost every session, uh, every show. It's not really an episode they're really sessions so welcome to another session of the before after podcast this is christy danielle aka the talk lady listen if you have not yet done this i really strongly encourage you to go ahead and press that subscribe button you can uh subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts this show uh the you know the theme of the before before after podcast is really we address the trauma before the after ever existed a lot of the times uh, 90% of the time and 90% of us are living in this after moment but see trauma takes you away from your original self so the question I'm asking is who were you before the trauma and uh, listen I have a TikTok account And somebody recommended that I should do a podcast show about this. One of the people who follow me. So that's what I'm doing. So the name of this show is Who's the Real Snake? Now, this may ruffle some feathers. I'm just going to go on and tell you. But it is necessary that we have this conversation because I'm just telling you. So I'm actually going to play the sound. Now, listen, it may be you may hear one little cuss word, but we're trying to get a point out here. Stop. Stop being that way. Okay, hit it. All right, so that's it. Of course, we know like those uh, TikTok videos, they're very short. So what the audio was saying, it's a song. And basically, if you listen to the end of it, it was talking, it said uh, snake and then it repeated snake again. And in this trend, a lot of people were making videos saying um, they could tell by their gut and their intuition that somebody is a snake. And that just did not sit right with me. I mean, it was the most weirdest things. It, like, for instance, when I asked my friend to take a picture of me and she act like she tired of taking pictures of me. Snake. Yes, I, I said, how is that? How is that? Well, another person said, when my friend, when me and my friend are going out and, and she asks me, what am I wearing? And she said, that's how I know my gut is telling me she's a snake. <laughs> I'm telling you, I mean, there were so many people. And then the person, and then they would act out in the video. And 
the people that they would say, like for instance, the person that everybody likes, and then the person is all jolly and bubbly, and then they'll say, mm, I know that's a snake. And I'm like, well, I'm normally a jolly, bubbly person. I'm, I'm not a snake. And so, so many people. So I made a video, and so far it has it gotten um, over 130,000 views. Okay, um, listen, it received like 20 some thousand likes. The number of shares, I think it's, I don't even know, it's past the thousands. But a lot of people were saying like, oh my goodness, is this what this is? I was questioning this. But also there were a lot of people who were saying like, no, they're snakes. Everybody is a snake. And what, I really wanted to comment back, but something my mother in the in the ministry, uh, 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 Apostle Prophetess Pamela K. Dillon, she told me, she said, uh, you never fight backwards. And so I just, when it's like a negative comment or they express their disagreement, I don't fight backwards. I don't, you know, you're allowed to say what you want to say. This is a public platform. I, you know, I expect that. But here's the thing. Who's the real snake? So what I said in the video that really ruffled some feathers was this. There is a state in our minds. It's called hypervigilance. H-Y-P-E-R-V-I-G-I-L-A-N-C-E. I'm going off of my mind. Forgive me if I misspelled that. Of course, I'm a therapist, but I promise you I spelled it right in the video. Um, but it's called hypervigilance. It is when your limbic system is in the same state as if someone is overseas fighting in the military. Your mind was your mind is in a state of warfare. So in this instance, everybody is an enemy. And then I said you could be missing out on divine opportunities and relationships if uh, if you continue to not investigate these emotions. And so we're calling people snakes, but really, could we just be discerning and and, and our intuition could be just telling us about ourselves? Oh my goodness. I said one one person actually commented she said if it's a divine opportunity it will always happen. My response to her was actually because the goal in life is to die empty, not full. Oh, see this going to help somebody. The goal in life is to die empty, not full. And I responded to her. She never responded back. But th in this particular time, because, I, you know, I felt it was good discussion. I'll engage in good discussion, but I won't fight. So in my response to her, I said, actually, as a therapist, I have seen people die full, not empty. I've seen people die full because they push away divine opportunity. They push away. If you're if you're a Christian, you push away things that God gives you opportunity. And, and, and if you're not a believer, you still push away opportunities that could change your life. You become the roadblock in your own life. And I said, I've seen people do it every day. That's why they come to therapy, because it, it's called self-sabotage or self-destructive behaviors. So it, it's really a self-fulfilling prophecy. I, listen, I say it every session, out of 100% of your healing process, 90% is awareness. The rest of the 10% is you making a decision off of the awareness. So if this, I hope this episode brings awareness. Big, big, big thing is this. Could you be projecting how you feel about yourself on other people? And it's called a self-fulfilling prophecy. What, what that means in therapy world is that 
It is a self-fulfilling prophecy. So say if I had the core belief that everybody was going to abandon me. I had that core belief. So then what I start to do is I start, when someone wants to connect with me, I, I, I'll respond with a cold shoulder. I'll give one word responses. I won't text back ex- as soon as possible. You know, uh, I'll try to play this push-pull dynamic. I want this person to chase me. I want, you know, all of these. These are just examples. of. So whatever your core belief is, you will develop laws to make sure that core belief becomes true. That's just human nature. That's human behavior. So if the core belief is that everybody will abandon me, I'm going to carry out laws to make sure everybody will abandon me. Oh, my goodness. So now when they are when I'm being having a very cold shoulder, I'm not being vulnerable. I'm not being open. When that happens, the person will actually leave my life. They will abandon me. And then when they walk away, I'll say, see, told you everybody was fake. Told you everybody was going to abandon me. No, you set up the atmosphere for them to be the snake. Everybody, some people were commenting that one girl said, no, girl, they're snakes. I said I didn't respond to this one, but I did put a video because a lot of people were saying that. So I did a response video just to get some people to have some thought process because it's, it's like therapy. And I said, were they proven to be the snake because you set up the atmosphere for them to respond like a snake? For instance, if I'm acting cold towards you, or I don't fool with you because I think that you're a snake because my gut is telling me you're a snake. And then if that person actually responds with the attitude, of course, they're going to look like the snake. You set the atmosphere up for them to be that. Another thing I said in the video, I said, uh, I said, you cannot trust your gut in your gut or your intuition if you if your soul is filled with unhealed trauma oh my goodness this was this was just this the part that just kind of set set some people off if your soul is filled with unhealed trauma you cannot trust your intuition because nine times out of ten your intuition will be the voice of the person who caused the trauma Trauma behaves like a bully. Yes, it does. It tells you who to date. It tells you how to be a parent if you have children. It tells you what careers to choose. For instance, you may want to be this phenomenal doctor or lawyer or choreographer or anything. But trauma will tell you you're not good enough. So you'll you'll settle for a less career. Okay, so trauma will choose careers for you. Trauma will choose your friend circle. So you cannot trust your your intuition, your good, if your soul is filled with unhealed trauma. So I'm actually going to operate this session like a question and answer thing. I'm just going to read a couple of responses that I felt would bring some awareness and healing. So one of the things someone said, uh, a young lady asked, she said, so what's it called when you have unhealed trauma and don't trust people, but you still trust people and they still hurt you? <laughs> Wait, I may have to read that one again. Uh, it's so Because when I read it, I had to read it a couple of times, but it was a good question. What's it called when you have unhealed trauma and you don't trust people, 
but you still trust people and they still hurt you. In this instance, not only can you not trust your instincts, but you don't have any boundaries. Oh my goodness. Okay, pin drop right there. This is a sign that you do not have boundaries. It is a boundary issue. I always tell clients, and I've even told this to myself, you know, especially when I go for my therapy sessions, I always tell people never trust a therapist who don't have a therapist. Amen. Okay, so I always tell clients, and I even tell myself, you know you're dealing with a hurt if you're on either end of the spectrum. If you have, you're hurting if you're on the extreme of having no boundaries, if people just passively come in your life and and you're constantly feeling like you become a statistics a, a statistic of someone else hurting you of someone else's uh trauma or whatever that's that's one aspect you know but then the other end of the spectrum is you have nothing but walls those are though that is a strong indicator if you do not let people in at all and some people like one 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 uh, woman actually said that she said, I know I have unhealed trauma. And even after I get healed of the unhealed trauma, I'm fine with not letting people in. Well, we all know that's the trauma talking and the hurt talking. So either you have walls or you'll just be an open field for anybody to walk on. There is no middle. So the question that I'm asking you now is what does your middle look like? Okay, I actually wish this was like live where you can watch it because we would actually do a um, a activity together. Uh, but we'll, we'll probably do that in future sessions. But uh, so uh, my response to this young lady was, "This is a this is a boundary issue. So this not this is not just an issue where you can't trust your instincts. This is an issue where you have no boundaries." And if you keep getting hurt, you're the one with the problem, not them. Okay. I I know that's kind of. But see, healing is the most ugliest, beautiful thing that you can do. (laughs) It's the most ugliest, beautiful process. So I want us to realize that if we say, oh, I don't trust this person, but I'll go ahead and trust them. Did you fact check your feelings? Did you investigate? And so another strategy that that I want us to take away, I always ask my clients, where is the proof? You know, we have, we have so, so, so many, you know, um, intuitions and feelings about certain things. But I want you to ask yourself, where is the proof? That's what I always ask my clients. That's what I ask myself. And so an exercise that I want you to carry out, remember these are like sessions. And so I'm, I'm giving us strategies to make us better. So this is called fact checking your feelings. I'm actually coming out with a book. Um, it's called The Borderline Worshipper. So sad because it's already copyrighted, so you can't steal the name. Uh, <laughs> but it's called The Borderline Worshipper. And then I'm also coming out with a journal, also copyrighted. <laughs> it's called Trigger Trackers. It'll be coming out very soon. Be on the lookout. I'll tell you about that. But uh, one of the things, it, it, this is what I want you to do. When you are triggered, I want you to go off facts slash proof only because we don't know if they're the snake they their whole demeanor could be reminding you of a person who hurt you they don't mean they're gonna hurt you okay so i want you to write down facts slash 
proof only. I'm going to give you an example. Um, And I gave this example actually in another podcast uh, session that I did on the before after podcast. So uh, there was a young lady who walked past me and she did not speak, did not smile. We were in the same organization together. Um, So immediately I thought she was trying to fight me. I thought she wanted to smoke. You know, I'm better than that now. Yeah, I'm better than that. I thought she wanted, I thought, you know, I thought she was ready to go. I was like, oh, okay, she got a problem. Let's, we could do this. Turns out she was, you know, having issues in her personal life, had nothing to do with me. Fact checking would be, she walked past me. She did not smile. She looked at me. That's it. Fact checking is also saying, I know I didn't do anything to offend her. We were just fine the other day. That Those are all facts. Notice those things was those were not an emotional interpretation. Those were straight facts. So when I look at the facts, I realize her looking at me like that had nothing to do with me. So I don't need to be offended. And like I said, turns out it had nothing to do with me. If you think everybody is out to get you, that's called egocentric thinking. That shows that somewhere in your soul, you are stuck like a child. Because children are very egocentric. Children actually think, like if you discipline, we have to be careful when we discipline children. And I'm going to do a parenting episode and I'm going to have a child psychologist come on. But uh, when you discipline children, they're going they're going to take it personal. They're going to think it's my fault. That's why when I discipline my seven year old, I'll say I'm upset with your choices, not you. And so what that does is it detaches what I my my frustration, it detaches it being against him and it's really towards his choices. So he knows I still love you. You're not the issues, but issue, but your choice, your choices, they're they're the issues. So, uh, but if we're not taught that skill, so children are very egocentric. It's all about them. If I see it, you see it. If I feel it, you feel it. And so egocentric thinking, it was very egocentric of me to to think that she had an attitude with me and I did something wrong. If you find yourself always, if someone, uh, if some, if some type of calamity or chaos happens in your life with someone or there is conflict. And if you always, and if you always say, what did I do? What did I do wrong? That is. That is nine times out of 10, no 100% of the time, you're dealing with an egocentric early childhood issue, okay? So, ego, and that was very egocentric of me. But when I look at the facts, I realize, oh my goodness, this ain't have nothing to do with me. If you have a relationship with somebody, or, or if not, if you're just meeting them, they deserve a fair chance to show you who they are. You're being prejudiced by prejudging them and assuming who they are. Uh, and you know what? You know how it manifests? Some people have actually told us, I thought you I thought you were stuck up. I thought you were mean, but you really a cool dude. You really a cool chick. You really a cool person. They prejudged you. And then sometimes we're like, why, how would you get that? But that's what you do to people. That's what we do to people. And so we have to be aware. So you have to fact check your feeling. So no, literally sometimes... I have to literally walk away. 
I'll pull up the notes in my phone, uh, the the notes app in my phone, and I'll write down facts only. And when I look at the facts, I realize I have no reason to jump to conclusions this way. So once you find the facts, then you investigate. If you feel close with the person, hey, you know, I was feeling so-and-so, so-and-so, you have to investigate the emotions. If you don't have the relationship with the person, then it would be wise to just sit back and observe, but don't, don't appear like a wall because then that would push the person off. Of course, then they really go act funny towards you because you acting funny. We match energies all the time. So I'm saying that another thing a person responded. I love this response. This person says wise words, a good reaction of a hurt healed of a hurt unhealed soul is survival. It's time we learn what a healed soul feels like. You are stuck. If you assume everybody is out to get you and if you assume the worst when you first meet somebody or If somebody calls you and says, hey, or texts you, hey, I got something to talk to you about. If you assume the worst, your mind is still stuck in survival mode. That means your limbic system is completely set off. That means you're constantly in a state of fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. It's not just fight or flight. It's not just fight, flight, freeze. It is fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, which means either you'll be avoided, either you'll be aggressive, Either you'll be passive or either you just going to be stuck and not do anything. So you'll be one of. So we need to operate in life from a healed soul. And so I gave us some examples right there. Another thing, I'm going to just put a little spin on it. Somebody also commented. She said, when we walk with the Holy Spirit, he does tell us when the enemy has sent someone with the spirit that is against ours to stop us from growing. And she said, discern. Now, okay, that's that's big religion. I'm gonna go. That that that's okay. So, of, of course, one of my credentials, I'm also a licensed minister, and so I love this comment only because this comment, nothing against the person who commented, uh, because another person said no. Somebody told me I just have discernment, but you can. This is my assumption, but it seems like I'm see my assumption they disagreed no I have discernment but here uh meaning that's what they were saying but if we really uh look at it this is one of the issues in the church realm we think we are discerning but really it's trauma can you imagine people are working the prayer lines and they have unhealed trauma it it looks like this when you crying in worship and then somebody says you okay you couldn't discern that I was going up why do you think I was crying (laughs) because Why do you think that I was crying? Because I was crying because I was sad. See, no, it, it, it could be that minor like that. Or it's the Lord told me to tell you that you need to da 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 It doesn't even align anywhere in your life. But nine times out of ten, maybe it was the Lord trying to tell them. Or maybe it was them trying to, they, they looked at, collected some information through their natural eye. And they tried to. Uh, they try to get some meaning of it through their carnal mind, through their soul. This is a big thing in the church. If we aren't healed from our trauma, we will miss true discernment and prophecy every single time. We will miss it every single time. 
and, and then and this is what I said uh, I before the pandemic uh, I was doing seminars and uh, one of the seminars was called codependency healing from the addiction of emotional church oh my goodness because there people are so caught up in the in the music and the sound and the the person yelling over the microphone where and and, and what that does is when, when it's high we this is a neurological thing we release dopamine it's like a reward system because last time this happened i felt good so now we are com- we are coming to church only to feel good but not in a healthy way we go to feel good but not be good as i love it as pastor ypj ypj says we we go to church but we don't change we shout but we don't shift so the church has become the uh, instead of being the hospital it has become the drug uh okay so but one thing about me I'm going to offer a solution. You cannot say what's wrong with the church and not offer any solution. I love the church. A lot of people are discerning this and they'll walk away from the church. No, I'm picking this up and God is going to use me to heal the church. So this, I'm, that's why he's raising up so many therapists. We cannot say we are truly discerning if our soul is unhealed. It will pull us into a carnal mind every single time. So I, I, I love this. I, I love it. And so... Uh, one of the one person also said, may I ask, how do you develop trust in yourself again after doing your healing work? And this is my response. I said, I tell clients the trust comes when you challenge the old ways. Remember, we talked about those laws, those core beliefs. When you challenge uh, the old ways, when you challenge them and you realize, oh, my gosh, it didn't kill me. Oh my gosh, this wasn't as bad when I challenged it. I stepped out. I faced the emotion. You know, when we challenge that, then what happens is we develop a new system of proof. So I say eventually you'll establish proof, which will be your new way. We have to challenge the old laws from the old man. And when I say the old man, I mean the hurt soul that's within you. We have to challenge that. So... I mean, it, it, it was just it was just an amazing topic. It was so much uh, it was so much dialogue. And we have to be mindful of the of the push pull dynamics that we pull pe- put people through. It's a push pull dynamic that I want to bring out in relationships. It's very common with people who had abandonment trauma. Uh, it's very common with people with uh, addictive personalities, borderline personality disorder, uh, uh, bipolar. Um, yeah. Narcissists also do that. And then I'm going to just put it. Everybody who hurts you is not a narcissist. We tossing that word around, but I, you know, I just had to put that as a side note. But that is a tactic of what narcissists do as well. The push pull dynamic is I'll bring you so close just to push you away. And that's how I keep control in the relationship. That's that push-pull dynamic. So if we have an unhealed soul and we saying you're a snake, this is how it'll show. You, The person will say, just my good instinct, something, I, don't, I don't trust you, this and that, this and that, if they're actually honest about it. you know, They'll say, I don't trust you, it's something about you, uh, this and that. So then you as the person receiving it, what how they'll pull you in into the game is you'll try to prove that you're not who they say you are that's that push pull 
I'm not a snake. See, I do this. Now we move into people policing. Now we move into another level of codependency. Uh, if I buy them this, they'll see. If I sacrifice uh, this for them, then they'll see. So now we're in a push-pull dynamic, and that is the really how a narcissist and unhealthy people in general, that's how they pull you in. They'll say your character is one way, but then uh, all of a sudden, uh, you'll find yourself trying to prove yourself to that person. I'm not this. Oh, and then what they do is say, you remind me of, of my mama who hurt me. You remind me of my daddy who hurt me. You remind me of that my last best friend. You remind me of my ex-boyfriend or my ex-girlfriend when you do that. So now, uh, but, th but that's manipulation. That's manipulation. And so you become in this tug of war with this person. And another thing, parents do push-pull dynamics with, ch with their children all the time. So now we learn to operate out of performance. Oh my goodness, as I'm talking, I know I'm feeling healing. But it, 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 now we're living out of performance. Mom, Dad, look, I did this. You happy? I made straight A's. Happy? And I'll never forget. I saw, and I've seen this TikTok trend quite a few times. Uh, they'll say, you were in gifted programs, but now you're just an unhealthy perfectionist. Yes, because you were always the perfect gold star. And now you have to maintain that. That, that See, it, it's so much that goes into this one snake ordeal. But the point I want to go back to also, I know I'm kind of hopping around, but I'm just going with the flow, uh, is that some people would say, no, they were really snakes. They, they showed me that they were snakes. Are they snakes or did you develop the atmosphere for them to behave in a certain type of way? Are you setting people up for them to fail? That's self-sabotage. It's like you're looking for something. And then when you're looking for something, you don't. we don't allow people to make mistakes. We don't allow them. One, one, the moment that they make a mistake, mm, told you. So it, it is it is very, very, very important, so important that we investigate our feelings. And these are ways. If, if you don't have proof that they're a snake, you don't have a right to you don't have a right to judge them the way that you do. So I, I, just something my father in the ministry, Apostle John Dillon, he taught me. And I think I said this in another podcast session. He said, there are always three voices fighting for your mind. The voice of God, the voice of the enemy, and the voice of your soul slash trauma. So I took that a step further as a therapist. So when people come for Christian counseling, if they decide they want to do Christian counseling and uh, incorporate biblical concepts into the session, I use that. So there are always three voices fighting for your mind. The voice of God, the voice of the enemy, and the voice of your soul slash trauma. If you're not a believer, we can say uh, your higher conscious self, okay, your trauma, and some type of adversary, the person who caused the trauma, okay? We can put it that way. So, uh, but in this instance, I'll just do it from a believer's point of view, but you can interchange the terms, but... What emotions are equated with each, uh, with each thought? How does it manifest physically? For instance, I ask people who come for Christian counseling, I say, when you are reading the word of God, 
when you hear an inspirational gospel song when you know when the pastor or the church leadership when they preach a phenomenal message or or you or if you're not a believer if you're just if you're just listening to someone who's very inspiring how does that feel what is your thought process like how are your emotions what is the state of your body nine times out of ten that's the voice of god or your higher self your healthy self we have to equate certain thoughts and feelings and physical manifestations with the voice with each voice so and then i say uh if you know in in christian counseling i say well how does it feel when the enemy the adversary is getting to you i feel burdened i feel fatigued uh, my heart will start racing. Uh, my thoughts are back and forth, back and forth. That's how you know that's not God. That lets you know it's the enemy or your soul. And, and, and so since we're, and most likely that's the enemy. Now, if it's your soul that's talking, that means that's the trauma talking. Don't do this again. Remember what happened last time? Uh-uh, be careful. Don't, don't do that again. Oh, you might fail at this. Don't do it again. God says... You will fail if you do it without me. I'm your source. I'm your strength. I love it. I heard somebody on TikTok say one time, God is not a man in the sky. God is a source. I was like, oh, that's so powerful. So God, so you will fail if you don't do it, if you're not connected with the source. That's empowering. Okay? We have to be connected. Okay? The enemy would say you're going to fail because you're a failure. Your soul would say, you're going to fail because mom said you failed. Remember that time when mama did this? And sometimes the enemy and your soul may sound alike. But you see how I pointed out different aspects of failure, but the different tone of it? So the question is, who's talking to you? Once you can distinguish the voice, you have a right to receive it or reject it. Now, the question now that I have to ask is, why are you submitting and receiving a negative voice? That means somewhere you have an addiction to trauma. Okay, it's an addiction to trauma and drama. If if I if we were cooking in my kitchen and I put the, my hand, uh, my brain would tell me, don't put your hand on a hot stove, it's going to burn you, so I'm not going to do it. But if I know this person is not good for me, but yet I'm entertaining this relationship with this person, and obviously I'm participating in the behavior because somewhere the hurt is beneficial to me. Ugh. So could it be that self-sabotage and ruining relationships and opportunity somewhere your brain considers it as a reward? Now we talk about you need to divorce trauma. This is where we are. And this is where a lot we cannot prejudge people. We have to allow them to show who they are. And if you say, well, but what if I get too attached and connected? Then that's a boundary issue. You can be relatable, yet you can, not walls, we, I mean, not, not walls, we need gates. You're still approachable, but they don't have permission to pass the gate. You want gates, not walls. So I just really felt like this this episode this session was needed because we are missing out 
on divine opportunities and relationships because we are not because we're self-sabotaging we're 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 doing self-destructive things why does it benefit you to hurt your future this is when we call it you have become the new abuser in your own life listen if you want to reach out look if you want to reach out you can go to beforeaftercounseling at gmail.com. I'm working on the website. But in the meantime, beforeaftercounseling at gmail.com. Also, Haven of Support Counseling, Lena Chapman. She's an amazing therapist. We do a lot of work together. We both offer uh, Christian and secular therapy. It, we don't have to incorporate uh, biblical if you don't want to. Uh, but we just want to see people healthy. Um, so, of course... Please reach out, talk. Of course, psychology today. You can find a therapist. And then also www.therapyforblackgirls.com uh, if you are a woman and desiring an uh, African American uh, female therapist. You can go there as well. This podcast is to give you resources because we want you to return to your original self before the trauma entered your life. Okay? Until next session. I love you, and please remember, who was that person before the trauma entered?